Hi, and welcome back to the Multifaceted Athlete with Coaching Lutz. I'm your host, Kelly Lutz. I am a USGA certified running and ultra running coach and certified strength and conditioning specialist. I am so excited to have you here today. We'll be talking all about running, aspects of running, strength training, and anything else that makes us humans who do sports. So let's dive right into this episode. I hope you love it. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Multifaceted Athlete. It is, what is today, October 17th. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. It's not even been two weeks since my race. Uh, Today, we're going to talk a little bit just with what I've been dealing with since we last chatted. But first, I am curious for those of you who listen regularly, or if you're a new listener, what do you want to hear about for the rest of the year? So if there's any particular topics, people you want to hear from, maybe you want to come on, share your story, there is a link in the show notes where you can submit questions, topics, guests, anything you want to hear. Uh, Obviously, if I know what you want to hear, I can make episodes more tailored towards that. Um, So yeah, so it's not always me rambling about what I'm dealing with. So if you have anything you're curious about, you want my thoughts on, you want a coach to answer, anything like that, go to the show notes and submit that to me. And you can do this at any time, but I thought now would be a good time to remind you since we're getting to the end of the year where things tend to slow down. Since my A race is done, I feel like the world has opened up to me now because I'm not training for 10 plus hours a week. But I am kind of sad about that. Anyway, we're going to get into that. So I guess let's just do it. So I wanted to talk a little bit how I'm recovering from the race uh, compared to some of my previous recoveries from ultras. And yeah, cause I feel like we see on social media a lot, people just rushing back into training after ultras specifically, and it's risky, right? So like putting on my coach's hat, <laughs> we tend to want to be more conservative after a really big race effort, especially if it's your A race, A race, meaning it's the race you've been trying to peak for all year. So it's your top priority, the thing you've been training for, you're trying really hard in it, or you're going really far, which is also trying really hard. So a lot of times we see, or at least I've been seeing on social media, like people bragging about not needing rest days or like talking about how they're back to running a couple days after, you know, a hundred mile race or something like that. And that does work. For some people, I think where we get in trouble is we see that and we see it works for someone or we assume it works for them because at the time it's working and then we think that it'll work for us. Uh, And it might, you know, you never know. But I think and JK and I talked about this on Lifting, Running and Living, like how much time to take off after a big effort. And I would encourage everyone to be more on the side of being more conservative just one it's hard to know when you are like more mentally uh cellularly ready to get back into everything than physically obviously like 
you're you can kind of know when you feel physically ready to get back into running but that doesn't mean that your brain doesn't need more time off or like maybe your hormones are still crazy after the race or anything like that uh so yeah that's where this topic is coming from just to give you some examples of what I've lived through um and I have coached a lot of people at this point, but we're going to focus on what I've gone through because I can speak uh, most in depth about that. And I've had quite a variety of recoveries from ultras. So by this time, I've run three ultras. I ran my first 50K in 2017. I ran my second 50K in 2021. And then obviously less than two weeks ago, I ran 37 and a half miles was supposed to be my first 50 miler, but still an ultra and my longest run. So the first race, so my first 50K was the Grand Canyons Ultras 50K. It was the only year they ended up doing this race. Don't ask me why. It was really cool. We ran around the North Rim. And so this race was, it had about 3,400 feet of gain. And I'm including this just so you can see the difference between the races and why the race that I just did requires a little bit more recovery time, or that's my guess. Um, so that year when I ran my first 50K, I ran the race on Saturday. It was at the Grand Canyon, obviously. I lived in Denver at the time, which is where I still am. So I drove out there the week before with my brother, and we made a little road trip out of it. We took like, I think, four days four or five days to drive out so we could stop at um, Zion, Bryce, and then have a day before the race actually started. And so the race was on Saturday. It was over Memorial Day weekend. So I had off of work on Monday. So Saturday, I ran the race. I ran it in about seven hours and 15 minutes, which was faster than I anticipated. So I finished around 1 p.m. because we started around 6 a.m. And we kind of just immediately hit the road after that and started driving back to Denver because we knew we had a 12-ish hour drive total to get back home. Um, And it was 1 p.m. So we were like, great, we can get a good chunk of this drive done today. Let's do it. So we drove about six hours that first day and then camped somewhere near I-70 <laughs> in Utah that night uh, and then finished the drive the next day on Sunday, which was about another six hours. So why am I including this? To tell you that I just sat for 12 hours after running for seven hours straight, <laughs> which I don't recommend if you can avoid it. Um, but like I said, we got home Sunday and then Monday I didn't have any work. And I, from what I can remember – which to be honest, it's been six and a half years. So (laughs) I felt fine. Like physically, I felt pretty great for having just run my first ultra and then sitting in the car for 12 hours. And at this time, I didn't really know what to do with myself if I wasn't training or doing something active. And so Monday, no work. I was like, what the heck do I do? I feel fine. I didn't want to try running yet. I think I had enough sense not to do that, but um, I did go climbing. So this is where I made 
a mistake. I went climbing. I wasn't going to do much of anything, just like get some movement in. I went to my favorite gym and towards the end of my session, I was like maybe a foot up on the wall and I like hopped down and I felt something in my back and I was like, oh no, (laughs) I hope I didn't just do something bad. Turns out I did do something bad. So that happened and then later that night, I remember trying to like sit down and it hurt. My back hurt so bad just trying to sit down and so this ended up, my back hurt for uh, at least a week. I ended up taking two weeks completely off of everything. So running, climbing, anything else I would be doing. Um, and like it was so bad to the point where I think last episode I talked about how my back was sore after this, my latest race. And like I couldn't, it was hard to roll over. This time, my first 50K It was like excruciating to roll over. So I think very similar issues. I think everything was just really tense, um, which I didn't know at the time. And then like, as you can imagine, climbing, if you're not aware, climbing, you know, you use your full body and it does require a lot of tension through your back. So I think my muscles were just really tired from you know, being on my feet for seven hours and 15 minutes and then sitting for 12 hours probably didn't help. And then trying to climb and use those muscles that were already super fatigued and then jumping off the wall, probably just like tweak something. So anyway, um, rolling over really hard, really hurt a lot. And like, I couldn't drive for a bit. My brother had to take me when I went to like a chiropractor. And even then when I got in his car, I couldn't lean forward to close the door because I just, I couldn't make that motion with my back because it hurt too much. So, and I'm not giving you these examples to be like, if you go back too soon, you're going to get injured. Like, I don't know. (laughs) You might, you might not. I'm just giving you examples of what I've been through and why I tend to veer on the more conservative side now, especially being older. Obviously in 2017, I was 26 at the time. So like I could probably get away with doing less smart things than I can now being 33. Um, But anyway, it ended up with two weeks off of activity completely. And then even when I got back into running two weeks later, I started very small with only one or two miles at a time and then had to build up from there. So I think in this case of my first 50K, if I had been more knowledgeable, I not would not have gone climbing on that Monday, which was only two days post-race. Maybe four days post-race would have been okay, you know? But like this is why I like the uh, – one day off for every 10 miles raced guideline. Because if I had followed that, I would have taken three days completely off, which, you know, there's nothing to say that if I had gone climbing later in the week, the same thing wouldn't have happened. But I'd be willing to bet it would be a little less likely because I'd be more recovered. My muscles would have had more time to calm down and my body would have just had more time to like get back to normal. So that was my first experience of recovering from an ultra. Um, And you'll notice I'm only talking about the ultras I've done in this episode, uh, mostly because if I'm not running ultras, I'm running shorter races and those recovery 
physically, in my case, doesn't apply as much. In those cases, I might take more time off because I want a mental break of training. Like when I went through my 5K training cycle this past winter, um, after my last 5K, I took or I like did a week of unstructured training and didn't force myself to get back into it just because mentally I wanted that break, but physically I would have been fine to jump back in. Now, when you get up to half marathon and beyond and you're racing hard the half marathon and beyond, I think these same ideas do apply, but I've never run a marathon, so I can't say, but I've seen a lot of pros run marathons and then take quite a bit of time off. Um, obviously pros are a little different than you and I, (laughs) but same thing applies, trying, giving out a really big effort in your A race. Anyway, so my second 50K was in July of 2021. I ran the Mount Hood 50K and this course was a little short according to my watch. So it was just around 30 miles and there was only about 2,800 feet of gain. So as you can see, these first two 50Ks that I did were not flat, but there wasn't a lot of gain. So Honestly, if anyone's looking for their first 50K, I think the Mount Hood one is a great option. It's not not super technical anywhere. There's not a lot of gain. Highly would recommend. So this one, the race was on Sunday and Mount Hood is in Oregon, which I live in Denver. So the next day on Monday, we flew back. And after that, I took two full rest days off. So I rested Monday Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. (laughs) Um, And then I tried running on Wednesday. And even though it's over two years later, I remember that first run back. I remember my legs just felt so heavy and so fatigued. I only ran one mile, so similar to in 2017, which I do recommend when you are coming back from an ultra, your first run back make it shorter than your usual run. You know, you don't have to hop back in at the mileage you were at before. Um, So I ran a mile and I was like, oh, I am not ready for (laughs) this really. I had that thought. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have tried to run today. But here's the thing. That one, I probably didn't take as much rest as I should have, but then nothing bad happened. So, you know, all to say... You're not guaranteed to get injured if you go back too soon. You are just at a higher risk of getting injured or getting burnt out if you do so. So take that into consideration. So then following that first one mile um, run, I ran four more times for the rest of the week, which was almost every day. Uh, And then I did notice in my notes in Strava that the following week, my plantar fascia was bothering me. Now, is this related to me getting back into running too soon after the 50K? Who's to say? I did not see in my Strava notes if it was bothering me before the race. And it was just, you know, I've been dealing with plantar fasciitis for on and off for a while. So I don't remember when it started if it started because I got back into running too soon. But we can't ignore that 
this niggle popped up a week after I only took two rest days after my 50k, you know? Um, but all in all, like this return to run went much better than the previous one. I think in the four four years between the two races, I have gotten better at one, being willing to take rest days, and two, listening to my body and knowing what's too much, what's not too much and like actually respecting what my body is saying so that was the 2021 race and like I said I could have rested more I probably should have rested a little more but things turned out okay in that case and that brings me to today the third ultra the longest and most challenging so as you all know I ran 37 and a half miles There was around 8,500 feet of gain in those miles, so by far the most strenuous race that I've done ultra-wise, or just in general, and so I knew going into my recovery that I should probably be even more conservative because all of that um, climbing and descending, it does take a toll on the body more than doing less than that and also going farther and then being on my feet for 12 hours so that one I was not planning to try running until a week later so the following Saturday so the week after the race I took four full rest days and then on the fifth day I did an easy bike ride because I have a bike here at home I did like 20 minutes, super easy just to feel it out. The biggest thing that I wanted to make sure was resolved before jumping back into anything was um, like in 2017, my back was really tired this time from the race and it was a little painful the first couple days, Um, kind of like in 2017, but definitely not to the same extreme. It was just like, this feels the same. And if I do anything to piss this off, it's going to get worse and feel like it did in 2017 and result probably in weeks off. So that's why I ended up taking four full rest days. I didn't even really go on walks or anything. I just, you know, hung around my house, did my work, maybe went to the grocery store. And that was the extent of my walking. Mostly I was one really tired still. I didn't have an alarm set all week and I slept until like eight every day, which is really late for me, especially I go to bed by 10. So (laughs) I was getting nine to 10 hours each night and still like kind of feeling fatigued throughout the day. So that was, I was kind of just really enjoying those first four days of just doing nothing Uh, to on the fourth day. When my back started feeling pretty normal, I started to mentally be like, okay, I think I'm ready to do something now. Um, Because just for me, I can only sit around and do nothing for so many days. I'm just so used to being active. But I did embrace those four days and tried to take advantage of being able to do things I don't normally do when I'm in training, like sleeping in, um, just not, not worrying about you know, steps or getting my run in or anything like that. Just embracing relaxing, which is hard. So 
The fifth day I did the bike ride. It went well. It felt fine. Um, oh, I guess also in this week I was waiting for my foot to stop hurting. So like I mentioned in the race recap, at the end of the race, my foot started hurting every time I tried to run. And it kind of just carried into the next day. And then with each day, it would get less and less. Um, so by the fifth day, my foot didn't hurt anymore. My back was almost normal. On the sixth day, I started thinking, I was like, I really want to try running. But I was like, no, I said I wasn't going to do it till this weekend. So the sixth day was Friday. Um, so I just went on a walk. I think I did two, two and a half miles, something like that. So like a decent walk just to get some movement in. A walk was also a great way to feel out my foot and see, like, are we good? (laughs) Because if um, one of my rules, not maybe, maybe not a rule, but one of my guidelines that I follow is, like, if something hurts while I'm walking, it's not a good idea to run because it's only going to get worse probably Uh, because, you know, walking is the precursor to running and then running is a lot more impactful especially with a like a pain in your foot like that's probably not going to get better with adding in more pounding so walked on Friday Saturday Saturday finally comes I went to my favorite trail or one of my favorite trails Davidson Mesa if you come to the group runs you know um and I was like I'm going to do a test run today. So Davidson Mesa, the outer loop is about three miles. So I was like, this is perfect. It's not a long distance. The surface there is crushed gravel. So it's softer than the pavement and the views are amazing. And it was a beautiful day. I think the height that day was like 57 and yeah, I was really looking forward to it. So, uh, I started running and I was like, okay, my body feels a little off. But I think it might just be because I haven't run in a week and I'm just like getting used to the motion again. And like, I mean, I just told you I laid around basically for four days straight, did an easy bike ride, did a walk. So not much has been going on with my legs in the past week. So everything was fine. And then about a half mile in, my left foot started hurting again. And I was like, hmm, okay, it started out minimal and then over the next half mile so up to a mile it just got progressively worse and then I got to the point where it was kind of the same pain level as it was at the end of the race so then I was like okay I should probably not run so I stopped running and I was like I'm gonna walk the last two miles because I was doing the three mile loop and I just wanted to be outside anyway so while I was walking, the pain would start to go away. And then when it would go away, I would do some little test runs and it would come back immediately upon running and like pretty intensely. Like the, the way it went from zero to a hundred was wild. (laughs) So that was my test run. And now it's Tuesday. Uh, suffice it to say, I have not run since. (laughs) Because since then, my foot has hurt. And, like, same thing with after the race each day. It's a little it's a little less. Today is, like, almost normal. But I'm going back to Sarah today to see what's up. <laughs> we uh, still – we don't think it's bone. But, yeah. 
So now I'm in this annoying space, which I know many of you know very well where you, I physically, I feel recovered from the race. Mentally, I feel recovered and I want to run. I want to run so bad, especially with this beautiful fall weather that we had been having. This week is a little warmer, which makes me feel a little better about not being able to run, (laughs) but it is a struggle. And so I want to talk about this a little bit. One, because I know this is something that a lot of you either are dealing with, have dealt with, and like as a coach, I'm not immune to this either. Two, I think this is a good example of I was more on the conservative side and still running wasn't in the cards yet. And I think the hardest thing is you can't know for sure when the right time to return to running is. I think there are definitely some strong assertions we can say about like running the next day probably (laughs) too soon um but then again you do see the people who that works for like we all maybe not all of us but if you know hella he's been doing a run streak for like five plus years at this point so running every single day and even after his 100 mile races he was running the next day to keep the streak going and that's amazing obviously it's working for him really well But for the majority of us, that will not work, you know? Maybe if we built up to it, I think his body is very resilient and at this point very used to running every day. And I'm guessing he's really good at listening to his body too. But um, exceptions aside, outliers aside, (laughs) I think we can say running the next day after your ultra, especially if it's like your first of a distance or the hardest one you've ever done, anything like that, probably too soon. But just like you you can see with my three different races, um, the first one definitely did something too soon. I'm going to say for sure (laughs) that would not have happened had I waited more. The second one, I didn't wait as, as much everything turned out fine. The third one, I waited the longest I've ever waited um, with the most rest after a race. And still my body was like, nope, we're not ready for this. Um, So yeah. And now, now I'm figuring out where to go from here. So uh, I think moving forward, one, I'm not going to try running again until my foot completely doesn't hurt probably for two full days in a row, just because I don't trust it yet. So um, if you're coming to the group run, when this airs, it'll be tonight. I will not be running at the group run, but I will be there. And if anyone shows up that wants to walk, I will be walking with them because walking is not painful right now, which is great. Um, So that's my plan. Wait until the foot doesn't hurt for at least two days, then maybe try a run. I might try to be even more conservative than that um because obviously I just took six days off of running and that wasn't enough for it to not hurt anymore this also might depend on what Sarah says today so we're guessing it's something with the tendons and muscles and just being overused is my guess um 
I have had issues in this foot before with similar a similar um, problem. Basically, it's the top of my foot. It feels it's near the first metatarsal. I think it's the extensor tendon is my guess. And I'm my guess is it just got really overused from running for 12 hours. Uh, so yeah, kind of just gonna wait for that to calm down so I can get back to running. But if you're dealing with something similar or if you have before, like, you know, this isn't easy. I'm trying to be positive because going down a negativity spiral will not help with the recovery at all. But at the same time, trying to respect my feelings and that I'm really bummed that I can't run yet. And yeah, just trying to be patient like I tell everyone else to all the time. So in the meantime, just because I can't run doesn't mean I can't do anything unless we find out something that indicates I shouldn't do anything else. But I I have a bike. I can still do that. Um, I have thought about maybe getting a gym membership and doing some like uphill walking because one that translates really well to trail running to walking doesn't hurt so walking uphill might be okay and then that's like might be similar enough to running to give me kind of a fix uh the issue with these things that I can do oh and lifting I can still lift which I'm actually really excited to get back into lifting because I kind of neglected it for the last month before the race, which I think was a smart choice because with as high as my mileage got and all my running training, I don't know if my body could have handled doing lifting with all of that. Um, So excited to get back to that. And we're getting to winter, which honestly is one of my favorite seasons. Winter to me makes me think of like training sessions in the gym for lifting and climbing and just like putting in the miles it's kind of like the season of doing the work without being flashy about doing the work if that makes sense so I feel like in summer it's similar like doing the work for the fall season like getting through the heat but I feel like a lot of us myself included are always like oh look at this trail I'm on it's so pretty and just like constantly showing that we're doing things Versus I feel like in winter, it calms down a bit and you just kind of quietly do the work. That being said, I'll probably be posting all winter about what I'm doing. So (laughs) maybe that negates everything I just said. But in my mind, winter is like the grinding out in the gym, doing the work before all the stuff we actually want to be doing outside, you know? So I don't know. I just have fond feelings for it. So anyway, back to what I was saying. The one thing that I don't love about this time is like, yes, I can do other activities, but one, I don't love biking. I'm just going to say it. I don't love biking. Two, my bike is an indoor bike. So it's like, and it's in my house. So part of why I like running is that I get out of my house (laughs) and I get into the sunshine and be outside for however long my run is with the stationary bike. Uh, Obviously, that's not a thing. And like, yes, I can go for walks. It's just not the same. And all of you runners listening, I know, I know you understand. And same thing with, you know, 
lifting, still in the gym. What else was I saying? Oh, if I go like to the gym to do an uphill treadmill workout, still inside. So I think one of the toughest things about having something that's preventing you from running is that a lot of the alternatives are inside and a lot of us like running partially because we get outside. Obviously, I can go for walks. I can go for hikes. Like I'm not saying that's not a thing, but yeah, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. So that's kind of what I've been dealing with, what I'm going through. And this is Tuesday. So when you hear this on Wednesday, not much will have changed. (laughs) Probably. Hopefully my foot feels normal. It feels almost normal today, which is exciting. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just waiting it out now, trying to be patient, trying to do everything that I preach as a coach. So yeah, I don't really remember how we got here now, as is these episodes where I just talk to myself. So yeah. Oh, another thing. This morning, I just went through, hopefully it's reflected in wherever you listen to podcasts, I removed seasons. So now there are just all of the episodes with their episode number. Honestly, it was getting a little annoying to keep track of the season I'm in, the episode number for the season, and the overall episode number, which I'm most of you probably didn't even notice. But now there are no seasons. We're just continuously going with the podcast. And yeah, if you made it this far, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy this episode. Like I said at the beginning, if there's anything that you would like to hear, let me know. You can DM me on Instagram at Coaching Klutz. You can email me, kelly at coachingklutz.com. And if you love the podcast, one, you can support the podcast, also in the show notes, or leave a rating and review. That is free and would mean so much to me. Uh, Ratings really help people know that the podcast is good. And reviews help with what you like about the podcast. So it helps other people find the podcast, which means I can do more of this in the future. So yeah, thank you so much for making this far. And we will talk again next week. Bye. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to this. If you like this podcast, please rate subscribe, review everything you do for podcasts, wherever you listen to them. It helps me out immensely and helps other people find the show and just spread my message. And if you haven't already, connect with me on Instagram or TikTok at Coaching Klutz. You can also find me at my website, coachingklutz.com, if you're looking for my coaching services or any of my running programs. And I will talk to you all next time. 